Hi everyone, I'm Joe Durkheising and welcome to my podcast, Rumble in the Jungle. Today's guest is my friend and fellow teammate, Cody Steele. Cody is an undefeated professional mixed martial arts fighter and rising prospect in the 155 pound division, known for his exciting style and finishing abilities. Cody also has an undefeated amateur Muay Thai record fighting out of Ambush Muay Thai under coach Elton Wells. He's also an EBI combat jiu-jitsu world champ and black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu at Brazilian Fight Factory under Rodrigo Cabral and training partners of uh, the Tackett brothers and Isaac Mitchell. Welcome to the show, Cody. It's good to have you. Let's go. Thanks for having me. Of course. (laughs) So you're coming off a massive win, a Fury 81, a week and a half ago against Nick Whitehead. Uh, where You received a performance of the night? Mm-hmm. For your your brutal KO finish in the first round. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who missed it, it's on UFC Fight Pass. I'd highly recommend you go and check that out. It was it was an amazing finish. Um, I know this opponent had specifically requested to fight you. Mm-hmm. When you get somebody who calls you out specifically, does that give you any extra motivation to go in there and and put on like a, a statement, or is it just kind of another fight and you don't think about it too much? Um, I think. I don't make too much of it. Um, I feel like, honestly, like right now I have like a target on my back. Like I feel like I'm a I'm a good fight for a lot of people. Like I'm I'm a tough fight, but like also it's a good way for them to get their name out too, you know. Um, but I feel like every fight I walk into, I feel like jujitsu is one thing, but like MMA is like you know it's it's a martial art, but it's also fighting too. So I feel like I make it personal for myself anyways you know like i'll be like i'll uh you know you're training for weeks and months kind of like thinking about one person you know and so it's like once you finally get there you just i don't know you just make it personal and you just get crazy out there you know yeah it's wild man it is so much more personal and i think part of what makes it personal if it's a tournament it's like the, the focus is so spread around everyone there when it's a fight it's like you can get very hurt. Yeah. You can get knocked unconscious in front of all your friends and family in your underwear. <clears throat> so it's like it does make it much more like intense in that sense. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, the interviews they put with it, the lights, the camera, the walkout, the, you know, the buildup is so much more, you know, like I. And then also to like add like stepping into <clears throat> a cage instead of a mat is also a different feeling, you know. as well but yeah i think uh it's just you know it's hard like you definitely like i feel like the most important thing is just you gotta stay locked in in there like jujitsu sometimes i'm like going there to have fun and like it is fun like i have fun in mma too but i'm definitely a lot more locked in when i start throwing and doing mma yeah i feel like in jiu-jitsu you can kind of recover a bit more from a, a lapse of focus but in mma if you lose focus for a second yeah that could be it yeah yeah for sure and like i said yeah it's like you know, your friends are watching, your family's watching, and it just seems like there's a little bit more behind it. And it's just, um, it's also, yeah, it's, you don't, you don't want to get KO'd or like even sub, like, I don't know, like I tell people all the time, like I could go do a jujitsu match. I could beat somebody really good and be happy about it. Like, dang, yeah, I beat that guy. That's what's what's up. But I could go to MMA and I could also like knock out a bum and that would just feel so great. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, not that this person's a bum, but I I think the the first MMA fight of yours that I saw, I think it was your, your second amateur fight, your final amateur fight 
where uh, you knocked out that dude in like the first 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like, it was one of those walk-off KOs where you hit him clean with the right hand and he was just dead, just face-planted walk-off KO. Yeah. To do something like that in one of your early fights, was that just like a, a boost of adrenaline that you've just been kind of chasing for ever since? Because that's got to be one of the most exciting things. Yeah. yeah, I felt like, you know, like with that, like, I, I've, I've definitely, like, before him, you know, like, I've, I KO'd some guys and some people before, but that was, like, a pretty hard one. But to me, that moment was just, like, dang, like, okay, I got some major potential here. Like, this is just the beginning, <laughs> you know? I'm already displaying stuff like this, or this yeah. is already coming out of me. So, like, you know, I felt like, you know, I got the grappling, the wrestling, and it's everything's coming along, you know? I still need to work, but the fact that I'm at least able to, like, KO people like that cold yeah. like I was like okay we got something to work with here you for know? sure yeah that kind of reminded me it was a little bit like the Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo fight where the fight starts there's like a brief engagement and then that first punch boom it just lights yeah. out <laughs> yeah and it is a crazy feeling like I've hit people you know like I've slept them before but I've also like hit people where it's like you can just see like their body like failing and then you can kind of start seeing the eyes bopping up, bopping up and like you can just feel them withering away and it's just it's such a weird, crazy feeling, but it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. What is your mindset like heading into the fight? Because in that fight, you know, he was very, very fast and kind of twitchy and it's kind of like when you're sparring with somebody who's really spazzy, it's sometimes a little difficult to kind of read their movements. And then after a couple minutes, you start to get a sense for their rhythm and their timing and their speed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what is your mindset heading into like those first, that first round, those first few minutes? Um, I feel like every fight, <clears throat> I've kind of learned uh, a lot, and like especially like my last couple of fights, I've learned a lot. But definitely, like I would always say, like for me, like I, if the opportunity is there to get the takedown, I'll take it. If the opportunity there is there where I see an opening where I can throw and hit him real quick and knock him out, I'll take it. But for the most part, it's like as long as I stay, I keep my chin down, I keep my hands up, I keep my movement clean and good with the level changes, and I'm only throwing basic shots, one to two shots, like a jab, a cross, a one-two, maybe like a long kick or something, just to keep him at range and find the range. I feel it's a lot more safer than like just getting straight up lulled into like a, a little uh, brawl, you know? Yeah. But like then I feel like once you pass over that, because I'm always like they're going to get tired, especially if like the guy's coming out all twitchy. I know like in the back of my head, like, OK, he's going to fade hard. Like I just need to keep fading on him. His shoulder's yeah. going to get tired. And then if I can close the distance, he's going to just burn himself out trying to like not get taken down. So it's like, I know second round, it starts to feel more like a hard sparring match in the gym. So I just try to, in my mind, like I'm always looking to finish the fight first round, but like at the same time, I'm like, I always play long game, you know? Yeah, just keeping that steady, consistent pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keep a high, one, one good high pace that he can't really keep up with and then you can amp it up. Yeah. So how did you feel about this most recent fight? It looked like you weren't fully committed to the takedown. You were showing him you could do one. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of those good jabs, good cross, uh, some of your really good low calf kicks that you yeah. catch people with. Yeah. And then within a couple minutes, you saw him start to fade. His back started to go against the cage. Mm-hmm. And then you hit him with like that, be- that beautiful elbow, by the way. Yeah. That was a beautiful <laughs> elbow that set up that whole finishing sequence. Yeah, yeah I feel like... <clears throat> so I feel like this. Like I feel like 
when people fight me, which they should train for this, but like I feel like when people fight me, their whole camp revolves around them sprawling on everything and keeping it on the feet and then also getting back up to their feet. Like I feel like their whole camp surrounds that. So like for this guy, like I just touched his leg, just like kind of like barely touch it and he like shot back flew backwards almost and i was like okay like he's ready for that he's biting on it yeah mm -hmm. but i don't think he was expecting me to come out and blast his calf and blast and like kick him in the head and like kick him in the arms like i think that started throwing him off yeah which made him start to like forget about the takedowns and also too it's like Sometimes I feel like when you wrestle someone really hard, you gas your arms out. So for me, everything's all about like timing and like, you know, wearing people out. Like maybe, you know, like I feel like in the commentators or something like, oh, wow, that guy sprawling Cody. It's like, yeah, well, I'm yeah. not going to shoot one time. Like, you know, for most sure. of the time it's like, I just want you thinking about the shot. Yes. So I can start throwing my hands and throwing harder kicks. And then once you start thinking about that, I'll go down and start shooting on you. Because I feel like, you know, if I shoot on them once, they sprawl on me. They're thinking about it, but they're also getting tired, you know. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm only like halfway attempts, half like halfway attempts, and yeah. And then you know, then I think everything kind of starts to unfold. But yeah, like I'm never worried when someone can just sprawl once on me. I'm like, maybe if they sprawled every single time on me, I'm like, okay, this sucks. But like, it's all part of the plan, you know. Like if I get sprawled on, especially in the beginning of the fight, it's kind of like, all right, it's part of the plan. But if I take you down early, then it's like. And we're cooking. Exactly. You want them to just think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of your grappling, I saw that you uh, have a match coming up at Grapple Fest 17 in November mm -hmm. against uh, Jack Grant in Liverpool. Yeah. This is your, your first grappling match in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. This will be first one. Yeah. Are you excited to show some of your improvements you made to your pure jiu-jitsu game? Yeah. So... Yeah, I've definitely added a lot of stuff since I've competed last. Um, this guy, he's a tough. He's gonna be a really tough match. Like, he's beaten some good guys in grappling. He's got solid grappling. Like, he's got really good wrestling. He's got a guard on him. He's strong. And and we're also we're also competing at like I think like a hundred eighty six or seven pounds or something like that oh wow okay it's, be, it's like a middleweight yeah because so he fights at 170 so like because william was like oh you should go against this this guy there's this mma guy and i was like okay well he looks kind of big and william was like hey he's not that big and i'm like all right he fights at 170 like, he, he's <laughs> way bigger than me you know but i was like but i don't i don't really you know care I'm, i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna have like i'm gonna put a show on and it's gonna be a lot of scrambles and a lot of fun so i think it'll be I think it'll be entertaining. It'll be a fun thing for me to do. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, it's been maybe like a year or two since you've competed in grappling last. Maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was the ADCC East Coast Trials. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see you again because, yeah, last time, man, you had some amazing matches there. Yeah. Your match against PJ Barch. Yeah. <laughs> Scrap. Oh, my God. That was amazing. For those of you who uh, haven't seen it, go on Flow Grappling and check that out. It's one of the fights of the year, I think yeah it was pretty good yeah i think um it's kind of it's fun now you know i feel like when i do the grappling and the jujitsu or i think about it it's just a little bit it's more fun for me now before i felt like it's like i need to win i need to win but i mean it's, it's still always good to win but like i feel like i can be a little bit more loose out there and go have some fun and not too much not too much pressure anymore 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's one of those things, right. Where it's like your full-time career and full-time focus is an MMA and the grappling is it's fun. You're world-class at it. So you can do it and have these fun experiences, but it, ultimately it's not what you're putting all your attention into. Yeah. And the problem is, is like why I kind of like had to take a break from the grappling was because I felt like I kept getting offers to get matches with people or like jump in some tournaments that were like really you know good tournaments and good matches. And I have I had to like kind of keep declining them and I just hate doing that because it's not like I don't want to go against these people and get in these brackets, but it's like, I don't know, like you don't want to be, like we were saying earlier, like the MMA, it's so dangerous and it's so fast and it's so, you really want to be 100% locked in. Like, and then nowadays too, like people are so good at jujitsu where it's like they're training, most people now seem like they're training at least twice a day, all day or some shit. So it's like, you know, these are like professional, like a bunch of professional guys who are trying to make it too, you know? So it's like, it's hard to play both. Like, you know, it's like either I could do halfway in, halfway out and do okay at jujitsu and MMA, but then it's like, then I'm going to lose more matches in jujitsu and then I'm going to get knocked out in MMA. So it's like, I just want to go. You got to go all in. Yeah. I want to, I want to go all in and make, and like once, once my like MMA career is kind of more like solidified, um, then and I'm like chilling a little bit more, I'll like kind of start jumping back into jujitsu. But yeah, I don't know. I love jujitsu. And at least it's like, I'm not going to come out with a concussion or anything. For sure. Yeah. So I have that. It's nice also you're getting a match in the UK. So you get a chance to travel a little bit. Yeah. Have have you been out there before? I've been out there, I think twice. Like one time me and William went out there, we were like purple belts, brown belts. And we were out there for like a month, just like going around competing in some stuff. And meeting some people and then i went out there again and did like a polaris match and it was fun so this will be my third time out there and yeah i'm excited i like that's the best thing with jiu-jitsu too it's like you can pick up matches on some cool events but also like travel around the world for sure that's the best part go do some seminars or something Mm -hmm. so is william uh he's going out there as well competing in the grapple fest yeah is andrew competing as well uh, I think so. He, I'm not sure. I think I think he's got a match on there. Like he's gonna come out, but I'm sure he'll get a match. I think he's fighting this other guy. His name's like, I, I can't ever say his name. It's like Ellis. He's like good. He got third at like World Nogi Worlds. Okay. And uh, he's like a guard player type type guy, real flexible, real tough. That'll be a good matchup. Yeah, it's just fun. It's gonna be crazy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now you're a 4-0, so you got to be thinking the UFC is probably coming pretty soon. So with that in mind, have you started to kind of look at some of the guys in that division and start to think about uh, mashups and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, for like me, I feel like like I'm always watching. Like I'm always watching my division. I'm always seeing who's out there. Like I watch all the LFA fights, the regional scene, the Furies. I watch um the titan like i watch all like the regional scene guys because those are the guys who i'm probably gonna end up fighting in the ufc so i'm always i got my eyes out on that and then i watch the division which is like super stacked the 155 division is like super stacked but at the same time like i remember i used to watch uh the division and I would be like, fuck, like, this guy looks tough. Like, ah, I don't know, he looks tough. But the more confidence I'm getting and the more, like, confident in my game and, like, things that I'm, like, learning and getting sharper at. Now when I look at, like, the mid-level guys in the UFC, I'm like, 
oh, I could beat that guy. Yeah, let's go, dude. Too, you know, like <laughs> even like when I look at some of the top ten guys, I'm like, oh, like the guy would be a tough fight, but I I could get him. And then I'm thinking like within like two years, I'll be able to beat these guys. Like I'll just look at him like I'll beat this guy. Absolutely, yeah. I see like a, the biggest thing. Uh, for me is like sometimes I see a guy who's really tough but they're just kickboxing then like maybe they're level changing but he didn't do for one takedown you know and then if you do see it get to the ground it's like you're like okay but there's the gap there's the hole and for like so for me you know if I can get these guys to the ground even if it's like sometimes I even I see a real tough guy I'm like fuck that I don't know if I'd want to fight this guy and then I'll see him do exchanges on the ground I'm like shit maybe I would beat this guy <laughs> you know like I don't know I think that's the that's the where the that loophole is for me, you know. <clears throat> like I feel like, you know, if we go in the clinch, I can throw in the clinch. I can sweep in the clinch. If I'm in the if I'm in the open, I can throw heavy, and then if I get you to the ground, uh, then I can wrap it up, you know. Yeah, that's one of the things I've noticed with uh, MMA is I think there's you know there's guys who are world class in wrestling, people who are world class in in the various forms of striking. But I think there's few guys who are world-class in jiu-jitsu, particularly at, at your division. There's these guys who are good, like they're good, solid mm. uh, guys, but they're not they're not elite. They're not like world-class in that. And that's one thing where you have that skill you can always rely on. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're knocking dudes out. Yeah. You got conditioning. Yeah. You're strong. You're not someone who's like physically weak. You kind of check all those boxes. It's just a matter yeah. of getting that experience. Yeah. I just... Honestly, like, I'm still, like, growing. I'm still getting better and stuff. But, like, I always tell, like, my friends, like, there's only a certain certain people who see me spar all the time or certain people who get to, like, you know, whatever. And I'm always, like, like you know, like, I'm telling, like, Jackson, you know, and stuff or, or William. And I'm, like, I feel like, you know, I have all these attributes. I have these things. I have this experience. Like, I'm still gaining uh, MMA experience, but I just keep telling them, like, I feel like I have this, like, super dope fucking album. And, yeah. like, and it's just a matter of time till I can, like, release it, you know? And, like, yeah, just dropping mixtapes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I feel like I just dropped one, uh, one single, like, yep. this last weekend, and that's just a taste. And, like, slowly I'm going to keep dropping them, dropping them. And then by the time it's done, it'll be a masterpiece, you know? Yeah. It's like you got all these moves you do in the gym all the time that are, like, highlight reel moves. It's just a matter of having enough fights where you can start to showcase some of those. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, like when I'm training with like really tough MMA guys, you know, like they, yeah, I get put in bad positions, but then it's like, then I find my way to the legs. And like no one's been able to put me in like a leg lock situation yet, but it's like, I know once I can grab on some legs, like where I, where I have to show that part of my game, like I can finish fights from there, you know, or if yeah. I get on top, I can finish from there. And then if we're on the feet, I can, you know, squeeze out some finishes there too. So it's like, I don't know, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Cause sometimes you watch people and you're like, damn, that guy looks tough. But then when you fight him, you're like, he wasn't that tough. For sure. You know? yeah. So we'll see. So, so speaking of some of these uh, lightweights in the UFC, <laughs> this weekend, there's a, a good card. There's the Dustin Poirier mm. and Justin Gaethje fight. Who do you have winning for that one? Man, I don't know. That's very tough. It's a very tough one. To say, because um, it's for the BMF belt, yeah. Oh, are they putting the BMF belt on the line for this one? I think so. Okay, rightfully that, so. That's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a fucking badass fight. And uh, I feel like what the first time they fought, uh, Poirier not finished him, huh? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like then uh, Gaethje was a bit more of like a 
slugger kind of a guy. I feel like now he's very like he's still a slugger, but he seems a little bit more composed. Like he's like using his jab a lot and just kind of like coming in more slow, and then he'll kind of turn the brawl on when he needs to. But but then Poirier is just got hands for days, you know. Dustin looked good in his last fight. It looked very good. I didn't see Gaethje's last fight with uh, that Fariz guy, the Thailand dude. Yeah, that that was actually an incredible fight. So that dude was one of the most explosive fighters I think I've ever seen. That guy was yeah. so fast, hit so hard, and and I think that's where he showed his kind of improved uh, composure, where he he was very technical. He did a good job, just like setting shots up with his jab, his cross, his kicks. Didn't enter into too many of those wild exchanges, and you'd have bursts of the kind of brawling style, mm-hmm. but he kept it composed and didn't just kind of get reckless with it. Yeah, I feel like if he got reckless with that guy, he would have been able to maybe catch him. So maybe that was part of it, the strategy, but I don't know, you know, because I feel like when you have these big fights too, these guys, like, you know, they get a little too excited out there and then it just, something crazy happens, you know, For sure. whether they just start brawling or someone gets just doesn't show up that day. Yeah, I feel like that's part of the keys to success for someone like Justin Gaethje is learning to, well, I guess maybe not learning, but remembering to stay composed. Yeah, and it's it's hard, you know. Like as I said, like I feel like he's got that those hard shots. He's you know be more technical, but like Poirier's just got hands. Like I think the X factor too is is Justin gonna wrestle at all? Because I think yeah. he'd be much more effective if you'd shoot yeah. in just a little bit more often. So I'm saying, like I feel like you know, like. Muay Thai is Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu is Jiu-Jitsu, and MMA is MMA. Like, if you're doing MMA and going out there just kickboxing, it's like, okay, that's cool. Especially if you're, like, legit and you have a really good sprawl, you can get to your feet. It's a great strategy for you. But MMA, I feel like if you can just, if you're constantly mixing it up with the level changes, striking on the feet, striking on the ground, like, it just changes the game. You know, like, sometimes I'll see people, they got, like, they're real, like, light on their toes. They're just, like, picking me apart on the feet. I'm like, fuck. And then I start shooting on them because now they have to start thinking about the shot. But not only that, them defending it, now their arms are heavy. Their feet aren't as, like, light. They're not as light on their toe. They're starting to walk The hands come down a little bit. The hands come down. And it's like, okay, now this is a real fight because now it's more even, you know. But if I just strike with people, I'm getting knocked out. You don't even have to take them down, too. You just threaten to take them down. You just, like, shoot a – you level change sometimes, just fake the takedown. Or you just kind of shoot a couple half-hearted takedowns. And now – they're starting to react off that. And once they start reacting off that, you can start to set them up with other shit. Right, because even if you shoot on them and they sprawl on you, you go, boom, they sprawl on you. And then you get up and you throw a feint and shoot again, boom, they sprawl on you. You just did two burpees. And they're getting tired too. Yeah, exactly. So it's like like, like Michael Chandler. I'm sure that guy could be world champ if he used his wrestling (laughs) a little bit more, you know? For sure. Crazy guy. Yeah, I feel like the 155 division is full of guys like that. Guys with amazing wrestling who do zero, who use zero of their wrestling abilities. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think that's what made people like GSP so successful. Is he was very smart about using both skill sets. Yeah. Where like people are never quite comfortable striking with them because if you got too comfortable, he'd shoot in. Exactly. And it's just, you know, it's safer. I mean, you can obviously get neat in the head and everything, but like. That's where the timing and the setups come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, and I just I like like I like it like that, you know. Like, I if I like I said if I just only strike with somebody, that's like I'm giving them like a huge advantage to like start picking me apart, you know. Like it's crazy because like if I do kickboxing, 
with big gloves and MM and like shin guards. Like I do okay, but I definitely get touched up more and I get hit more and like I get more tired faster. But like if I'm like MMA gloves, fanning the takedown, and now like I can slow the striking down a bit. I can kick, I can punch, I do all that. But like if I just, yeah, if I just walk out to one of those fights, just only kickbox, like I'll get touched up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll get touched up. So uh, another fight in that card, there's the Yong Blockowitz yeah. and the Alex Pajero fight. Yeah. It's Alex Pajero's first fight at 205. Dude. It's going to be a good one. What a good card. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting one because uh, Alex got taken down by Izzy. Yeah. And if Alex got taken down by Izzy, you got Jan, who's much bigger, much better at wrestling. Once he figured out he could take down Izzy, he basically finished the last two rounds just on top of Izzy. It's going to be a tough one. I think, obviously, Alex can knock out anybody. Yeah. But Jan also has that sneaky knockout power. Yeah. He's got a weird body, right? He's got, like, very big upper body, very wide shoulders. His legs come up to, like, his <laughs> midway through his stomach. It's kind of built like a frog. Yeah. Like a jacked Polish frog. Yeah. <laughs> He's just chucking leg kicks, too. No regret. Yeah, I don't know who's going to win that one. That'll be tough. I mean, I feel like I want to say uh, Pereira, but... Yeah, the takedown factor is, you know, a bit strange. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but he's got Glover in his corner, and Glover smashed. Uh, yeah. Fucking Juwan Povich guy. So, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be good, though. I'm excited to see that. I think that's probably one of the fights on the card I'm most excited to see. Yeah. Uh, in BJJ, I think you're probably most famous for your your suplexes and your wrestling heavy style yeah. uh what was your experience of wrestling before you got into bjj um it wasn't much like i feel like like i started wrestling like seventh grade yeah with i was just like i remember i'd, ne I'd never even wanted to wrestle my just mom middle school yeah my mom wanted to put me in wrestling when i was like a little little kid Cause I was always like, just like fighting my friends. Your mom stuff. did. Yeah. She was trying That's to awesome. <laughs> but I was like, no, because I thought like you had to wear, uh, the singlet, you uh -huh. know, but I like in practice too. So I was yeah. like, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be doing that. Mom. Yeah, so, for sure. I'm not trying to put on a speedo and wrestle dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you trying to do? So I didn't like, and then I remember all my friends in seventh grade, they're like, yeah, we're going to go to the cafeteria. Uh, I was, cause I thought I was like, we we're going to go out to recess and hang out. Yeah. You know? And they were like, no, nah. like, we're going to go to the, the wrestling meeting. I was like, what? I was like, all, I was like I was, whatever. And then I like, some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. All my friends were, I was like, all right, let's go, let's go hang out outside. And they're like, no, we're going to go. I was like, fuck. All right. I was like, I'll go. But I was like, not no intentions of like wanting to do it at all. Like, you know, I was just going cause all my friends went. Yeah. And then I go, the wrestling coach is like preaching to us how it's the best. And then he's like, all right, after school on Wednesday, like we'll have our practice. And then he sent, gave out flyers that all my friends were going. Cause I was like, you guys are still following through with this. Okay. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm going to come. And then I just ended up like, I felt like, you know, I was like, dang, this is like really cool. And I felt like, you know, I was like one of the better guys on like out of all my friends. And so like, I was the only one who I actually ended up sticking with it. So I did seventh grade wrestling and then I did eighth grade. The next year I did eighth grade wrestling. And then my eighth grade year, I got into uh, some trouble. So I wasn't able to like go to, uh, 
I wasn't able to go to like high school my freshman year and start wrestling. So I ended up having to go to a different school. And then I started wrestling there, which worked out really good because my wrestling team over there was like really good. We had like nice. a, a lot of good, like, you know, just like local, just tough wrestler kids, you know? So sophomore, junior year, I wrestled in high school. And then my senior year, uh, we ended up moving to Texas. And then in Texas, there was no wrestling. Mm. So I only wrestled for about, to uh, like those four years, but I was always, I remember I used to play baseball and stuff too, but then I quit baseball because I was like, during uh, wrestling season, after wrestling season, baseball season started, but then instead of doing baseball season, they would have like uh, freestyle wrestling tournaments and Greco tournaments. So I used to just like every single weekend, I would be going to all these wrestling tournaments and like just going to and out, just losing like every single match. <laughs> for like a while but it's good you know i felt like i got a lot of good experience from it you know learn how to do some double legs some single legs you know some suplexes and stuff and where were you wrestling uh, before you moved to texas uh like up in uh washington like is state. that where you you were born and grew up there yeah yeah so i, I grew up in like port angeles washington okay. it's like over by like you may maybe say like squim washington or like forks so it's like in the middle between those two. Is it along the coast? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like it's like small little town. Super small town. Okay. Very very small town. A lot of like kind of like hickish people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's very like redneck Washington. Yeah, like a bunch of loggers, yeah. hunters, and stuff like that. So it's, it's funny when a lot of people think of the Pacific Northwest. I think they they think a lot about. I think hippies maybe or like you know people in tech or like really liberal type folks yeah but as soon as you leave portland or you leave uh seattle it gets like very rural very very fast yeah yeah a lot of people don't realize that it's crazy i always like you know i loved growing up there because beautiful area it's so super beautiful but um you know, and everything is such a small town, so I used to just bike everywhere, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Always biking everywhere. And it was, you know, it was good. Small town. Like I, I kind of, like, knew everybody and really cool place to grow up. But I remember when I was coming towards the end of my, like, high school and stuff, I was like, I don't know. Like, because, like, for college, I wasn't thinking about college. Yeah. I wasn't thinking. I was thinking, like, maybe I'll do this. I don't know. Maybe I'll just go to the military and this will, like, get me out of this town and I can kind of, like, figure out from there. But then when my mom said we're moving to Texas, um, I was like, okay, that's a it's a big city. Like, I'll give myself like about two years to see, like after high school, to see like maybe what I can find myself into and stuff. Did you guys move straight to to Austin? Yeah, we yeah. What we brought moved, you guys out here? Um, just to kind of get out of the small town, change the pace. Yeah, and like. Yeah, like I said, like when I got in trouble, it was like it's a small town, so everybody always is like into everybody's noses and shit. So yeah. it's like my mom was like, okay, let's just change the pace. Yeah, we're gonna get out of here, do this, do this. And like she was telling me, she's like, I could stay an extra year because I had friends I could have stayed with, and so I could have finished like my football and my wrestling out. And I was like, maybe I could get like a scholarship or something for wrestling. Maybe I don't know, but I was just like, nah, like I wanna. I want to go and like just get be in a bigger city just because I know there's be so much more opportunity because there's not like a lot of opportunity where I yeah. was coming from, you know. So I was like, I'll, f I'll go where the opportunity is. Yeah, unless you want to become like a logger or some shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I'm at the right place. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you said you played baseball. How long did you play baseball for? I played like from like T-ball all the way up to about 
uh, high school, and then I, okay, and then I was like, okay, I just want to wrestle. Yeah, it's interesting. So I've I've grappled with a, quite a few people who used to play baseball, and I'll say I think baseball people who play baseball are some of the most explosive athletes because yeah. the entire sport is just a ball's coming. I need to react and hit it as quick as possible. Or a ball gets hit in the outfield and you have to sprint and catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And I found those folks have just ridiculous reaction time and explosion. I wonder if that played a role in some of your knockout power. Because when you throw that right hand, it yeah. almost reminds me of like you have a bat and you're fucking cracking a yeah. ball, you know? For sure. You're just swinging. Yeah. I think like, cause like sometimes in my head, I'm always like, man, I wish I wrestled earlier. Or maybe I did like gymnastics or I did something earlier to help me do what i'm doing today but i i played like baseball and football through like most like all the way through like football all the way through high school and everything and i feel like just like work doing workouts that they do which is a lot of just explosive quick twitchy movements like i feel like i'm a very twitchy uh kind of guy you know in that way for like athletics so i feel like it just helped me get better at that for sure so if like i never did that and i just only wrestled or just only like i don't know like it'd probably be like my style would be different or something but i think so like you know playing sports growing up definitely helps you with like different attributes you know and like i was always in the weight room too you know playing sports like they always had us in the weight room so when did you get into bjj so was that kind of right away or did it take a little bit of time for you to find that yeah so i kind of did like um because i remember when i was younger like i remember i was in the uh, wrestling room and i remember just like i think i was like a junior i was like back in washington still and i just had like this weird moment in my head where i was like i don't really know what i want to do with my life but I want to do something like this. Like I yeah. want to be like, cause when you wrestle or grapple, you just like, you just feel good after, you know? And like, you feel strong, you feel. Your healthy. life has a direction too. Yeah. There's like a date and a time where you have to be ready for something. Exactly. So it's like, I want to do something like this. And like, I always wanted to like fight MMA, but it's like, they just had nothing around me to even teach me MMA. So like in my head, like, like that's something I always wanted to do. I mean, I was always kind of getting in, like, some fights and stuff, at home, like, back at home and stuff. So it was, like, it was something that really interested me, but just didn't really understand how to get to that. And then so when I was moving to, when I made the decision to, like, move to Austin with my parents and stuff, I was, like, already thinking, like, okay, there's a lot of opportunity there. There must be MMA there. There has to be some type of MMA there because it's such a big city, you know. So then when I moved here, I finished. Fo- I did football here in Texas just to like make friends. That must have been cool. It was pretty Cause, cool. Because football is huge here. So big. Especially compared to, I'm guessing. Oh yeah. Yeah, Port Angeles. So big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was an experience. What position did you play? Uh, I did running back, and then I played. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then I played some safety. I also played some D line. Oh, was, for real? That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was not uh, my best, but. It was, it was fun. So you finished out football here? Yeah, I finished football off in here. And I did just to make friends because, like, I love to play football. But I always knew I wasn't going to that next level because I was just not that big, you know. Yeah. I needed to be super, super fast or something. But I was, like, not into it. I just liked playing football. Yeah. Um, but after football, I was like, okay, let's see, like, um, what's going on out there. I found uh, jujitsu. I remember I went to like one class and like, I don't know, like 
there's just there was a vibe to it i was not happy with like i remember the instructor was like one of their black belts and he was trying to like kill me mm. and like we got in a scrap and like he couldn't sub me or anything but i didn't know what i was doing either yeah. but i just remember him trying to like murder me and i was uh -huh. like Man, this guy fucking sucks like if he's can't sub me and he's like trying to like trying to like hurt me i was like no way yeah and i just didn't get good vibes there and so i was like fuck that then I ended up going to a different place and then I met Rodrigo and like he like whooped me up but like in the most technical crazy umaplata type of way you know yeah. where I was like whoa what is he doing I can't <laughs> like stop there's him. some magic there yeah. yeah like it was just like he was effortlessly just, like, sweeping me and doing stuff and like so I was like okay like that's this is like I don't know who this guy is but like he can make me very good I think you know and yeah I just was getting good vibes and so I was just was like, I was going to stick with him. And then, like, I wanted to do MMA even earlier before that. But he was the one who told me, like, no, you got to wait till you're at least you're a purple belt. And I'm very solid advice. Yeah. And I'm really happy I did, you know. Yeah. So, like, uh, that's when I started. I was still, like, a little bit in high school. But um, high school was, like, almost over when I started. But I was, like, fully in to jiu-jitsu. Like, at that point, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to train. As much as I can, I stopped kind of like even going to school a little bit. I was showing up like half <laughs> half the day and just said go. go Football go. season's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was like I already am like I'm good on schoolish, and I was like I'm not going to college. I don't need to do anything extra. I just need to graduate. So yeah. like I just I would go school. I dip out, go to class, uh, go to noon class, and then go back to school. That's awesome. And then I'd, they're like, where are you? Where are you? I was like, ah, I don't know. I got lost. <laughs> yeah, school's huge here. Yep. Yeah, so by the end of senior year, basically, you started to already kind of develop your uh, obsession for jiu-jitsu. When did you feel like, okay, there might be like a future career here? Um, it was like way later, like in my belt colors. Like, so I remember, and I feel like it's really important. I think a lot of kind of fighters go through stuff like this, but it's like for me, I remember like sitting like um at my mom's place because i was living with my mom at the time and i was like sitting there and just like like just contemplating life like you know because like <laughs> it's so tough like when you grow i feel like when you grow up through high school and middle school and people are always talking about where you're gonna go to school where you're gonna go to school and like school for me was so bad everybody pushes it man yeah it's like yeah. i was like dude i'm not even good at school i don't even want to do it like i have i feel like i have to go i feel like i'm getting yeah. shamed if i don't go you for know sure and but i just knew like for myself like i was like that's just not a, a good thing for me you know yeah. and i remember i was going through and then i started uh doing jujitsu and then you know like rodrigo was like one of the guys you know who told me like you know put me on the side and like was like telling me like hey you know you know if you want to be good at this you can you could be good at this like if you if you like fully commit to this like if this is your school if this is your work then you can do it and you can travel the world and like compete and make money and i was like what like no way like there's no way he's the first person to basically tell you like hey this could be a career you got it yeah but it was hard at the same time because like when I started doing jujitsu, like gi was like the thing. No gi wasn't really even a thing. And the only thing you could do to make a name for yourself was win the gi worlds, which was like so hard to do, you know? Yeah. And so I, I competed, 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 did my thing, did my thing. But I remember around Purple Belt, I was like, at this point, I'm doing jujitsu. I'm not making any money. Nobody knows who I am. And I'm going to these tournaments and I'm losing like 
all the time, like the big ones, the important ones. I'm going out first round, second round, third round. And then I'm looking on Instagram, seeing all these other guys who are like traveling all over the world, doing all the IBJFs and winning them uh, at the same time. And I'm like, dude, I was like, I can't. And they even. still broke. <laughs> yeah, and they still broke. And I still do it. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, look at this. I'm like, shit, like I can't even get to this level. What the heck am I doing? At this point, all my friends are like graduating college now and like getting jobs. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm still like in the same part where I'm like not making any money. No one still knows who I am and all this stuff. And I feel like, you know, I was at a moment where I was like, you know, like I'm going to, I was like, I hope I can make it. And then I can look back on this and be like, damn, like, good thing I didn't quit, or this is why, you know, this is what keeps pushing you, you know? And I remember Purple Belt, Nogi, I started finding, like, just having more of a thing for uh, Nogi, because I used to tell people all the time just to get them off my back, They're like, what are you doing for work, or what are you, what's your, what's your plans for the future? I'm like, ah, I want to do jujitsu, and then I want to open up my own gym, and I would just say that, so people are like, okay, at least he's got a plan, and, like, He's going to open up his own gym or something. That's one of that feeling, man. You're just like making some shit up that you think they want to hear. Yeah. You're like, I'll be okay. I'll be, fi- <laughs> I'll be fine. And I'm just like <laughs> shaking in my fucking like, 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 will they be impressed if I'm a business owner? Yeah, I'll open a gym. Fuck it. Yeah. I got plans. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's just so much, you know, like I said, like you got to, you kind of get shamed for not doing stuff or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's, um, I remember... I was like, okay. And then I hit Pearl Belt. And I'm like, maybe I quit. Maybe I go get a job. Maybe I start doing MMA. But like, I don't really feel like I felt like when I was Pearl Belt, my jujitsu started to like make more sense to me. Like, I was like, okay, this is kind of my game. I like to do this. Trying to connect the dots. Yeah. And then uh, shortly after that, that's where I met William and Andrew and all those guys. So, because we weren't training together, they were training at Rabati's, a different gym. And then. After that, I went and trained a little bit with them, and then they came over and trained with me. And long story short, they ended up just coming over and training full-time with us over at Fight Factory. Was this like 2017, 2018? Something like that, yeah. And um, then I remember, because at the time, I used to go travel to, like, Dallas and, like, stay with, like, Mateus Gabriel all the time and, like, just, like, train with him because where I was training at the time was, like, was only trained with, like, bigger guys, masters, like, still tough guys, but they weren't playing inversion guards. They weren't playing De La Hiva. They weren't, like, rolling underneath me and, like, taking my back and stuff like that. So when I first started training with, like, William and them, like, they were doing De La Hiva, inverted De La Hiva, going upside down, doing all the super jujitsu y like, modern jiu-jitsu. Yeah, because yeah. I remember I'd go to these tournaments, and people were doing that to me and putting me in 50-50 and stuff. And I was just like, I was like, I don't know what to do. I was, like, just figuring it out as a, like on the spot. Uh-huh. And then once I started training with them, I felt like my game started getting a lot better because then I was started doing inversion guards, and then I started, like, being able to learn how to pass the guards. And... So then I was like, you know, I'm going to wait for um, MMA. Let me just focus a little bit more on this jiu-jitsu so I can, like, really start getting better at it. Because I felt, I felt like I was starting to understand more and, like, do stuff. Then, like, Brown Belt came around. And it was okay. Did all right. But then um, then Super Fights started getting kind of bigger. But people are still doing IBJF. But at the time, me and William were like, hey, no more IBJF. Like, let's not do that anymore. It's like 
it's a waste of time, waste of money. Like you, yeah. get, you get no recognition for it. The only thing you can get recognition for is if you get a picture on the podium at Worlds or at Pans. And it doesn't even matter if you and just won that with advantages. Exactly. And it still don't even matter. I was like, what we need to do is we need to travel around as much as we can put our like we kind of put our money together and we like all right let's go here and compete on this show and we're only going to do super fights or like brackets that are with money and televised or whatever and i was like and i was like we need to do it all through flow grappling because that's like where they can start collecting data from us you know yeah so we just started like running around jumping over here going to chicago going to uh, florida and like just doing it like just sending out messages to where we could come out and compete and do as much as we could. And then I felt like that started building a lot of momentum for us. And then also um, Nogi super fights started getting bigger. So then that's when like, we're like, okay, this is, uh, we got something going on here. Or it was, just, it was just more fun more than anything. But then I got a match with DJ Jackson. And I remember that one. Yeah. It was was a, that on Third Coast? Or yeah, Third okay. Coast. And at the time... Like, I was still a brown belt. I think the year before, he won, like, the black belt worlds. So I figured, like, I was there just because they could get DJ on the card and then I could get beat up, you know? <laughs> but I was, like, in my head, I was, like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to go through this guy and I'm going to try to, like, at least put on a good fight, you know? Yeah. And then once I beat him, I was, like, for myself, mentally, I was, like, okay, I could do this. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the mental switch for me. For sure. I was, like, I can do this. And You then, got that confidence where you're, like... I thought I was good, but now I know I can do this. Exactly, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I'm one of the guys. I, I just got to keep training and, like, it's going to work out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I think, like, a week after that, I lost to Johnson Taiva by, like, him not barely doing anything. He just kind of, like, played, like, real safe and then X-Guard sweeped me at the end. And I was like, Gosh. what the fuck? Okay, whatever. You could, cap you could have that, I guess. And then... Um, the week after that, then I did combat jujitsu and I was like still a brown belt. I think everybody except one other guy. Was this was, at EBI Worlds? Yeah. Okay. So this was at that time. Mm -hmm. And William was supposed to do it, but. Was this the first EBI combat jujitsu ever, right? I think maybe for, not like ever, because like Wagner won before okay. and like all these other guys won, but this was, I like, might, might've been like the first like 170. Okay. The welterweight division. And. So, like, William was supposed to do it, but then he got an offer to fight on uh, K, uh, K Kasai. Kasai. He got an opportunity to fight there the same day. So I was like, I was like, do you want to slap people or do you want to just go do this cool super fight? I was like, Cause I want to slap people. You know, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll go out there. I'll put on, a, like, a little highlight. I'll get some, I'll get a couple highlight reels and some slaps and some slams. It's a good decision. Yeah, and he's like, He's like, cause I was, cause at that time he already knew, like everybody knew I already wanted to do MMA. So I was like, maybe this will be like a good little like, uh, teaser for me, a test, see if I see how I handle it. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I do. And like, then I went out there, ended up freaking winning the whole thing. And I was like, dang. And then after that, I was like, okay, there's, there's something here. And then it just kind of started rolling from there, you know? Yeah. I remember that. I remember that cause, um, I was in Houston at the time. And you guys started to kind of come on my radar uh, during the time of those on it invitationals. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you did those too. Yeah, I did one of the the I think the absolute division. Yeah, and then the second one I, I cut down to one eighty five, which was fucking crazy. But that's where uh, 
I saw William on the card. Mm. And I was like, this kid must have been like 17 or 18 at the time. Yeah. I was like, he's so freaking good. He went against uh, Kyle Chambers. Yeah. Had an amazing match. I yeah. think he like barely lost at the end by like, uh, I think he might have got heel hooked or something. Mm -hmm. But he had Chambers in some like real danger. Yeah. And I was like, this kid's, you know, not even out of high school and he's already a freaking killer. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw you had a match and you were, again, suplexing people, yeah. putting on highlight reels. And then I saw that win and I was like, damn, dude, their team is, is getting stacked now. Stacked, yeah. And it was good because like, cause like when I first met William, he was doing like we were all doing the on it thing. And I remember my buddy, like because at the time they're still in Texas in general. I don't think we're like a lot of black belts. So like I remember my buddy was telling me about this black belt. He's, he's good, uh, Jason Solis. And he was like uh man jason because my buddy he trained with uh his brother trains with jason so he was like always talking to me about jason jason and i was like, I was like okay i was getting ready to leave the uh on it thing because i just like competed or whatever and i think william was like maybe like 16 at the time or something he was really young he was like a green belt or something like that <laughs> and like i was like hey i was like bro, i was like that Jason guy you're talking about, I think he's competing, right? And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's competing on the same day. And I was like, okay. I was like, I think he's fighting like a kid or something. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who this kid is. I was like, he's a green belt. I was like, I don't know what the hell that is, you know. And then fucking William goes out there and like subs him in like like thirty seconds maybe or something. I was like, Jesus. And then that's kind of like how I got introduced to William. You know, two things. One is jason has some balls for having a match against a 16 year old yeah and then william's a beast for beating a grown man yeah. at 16 as a green belt i know and like i said at the time like there wasn't a lot of black belts either for you sure know? yeah and like he was like one of the ones and he was he's really tough you know he was out there always beating people so i was like all right i'm gonna watch this and so, so when did you uh make the transition to mma when did you feel like okay now's the time mm, i think it was like three years ago now it's been like three years like i think like i was still like in with jujitsu but i was like heavy on striking like i kind of like three years ago is when i kind of stopped doing jujitsu all the time like i used to like from leading up to then i was doing jujitsu like two times a day every day drills or whatever just full time, just yeah. full time thinking about jujitsu watching jujitsu studying jujitsu just like obsessed with it and then i was like okay i need to make the switch and then uh, once I did that, then I stopped doing jiu-jitsu and then like now I've been doing striking for about like three years pretty consistently where I'm like every day I'm at least hitting pads, hitting the bag, going to class or driving somewhere and focusing on just striking. And then I just do a little bit of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I, I saw you did that uh, Muay Thai tournament. It was like a two day, three day tournament or something. Uh -huh. How far into your striking career was that? Was that a couple months in? I think it was like... Yeah, it was a couple months. Like, I don't think it was like a full full year yet. That's pretty fucking wild. Yeah. And did you did you KO everybody in that? Um, I KO'd everyone except the dude in the semifinals. And I would have. I feel like I was about to KO him too. But the rounds are so short, so it's like it's a fast paced thing. Yeah. And like towards like the third round, he was just like super gas, and I was just like teeing off on him on the ropes, and I was like, oh man. That is pretty fucking wild though to go from like not training striking at all to having you know less than a year under your belt, going into a multi day tournament against people oh. who specialize in that. And then finishing everyone. Dude, so That's brutal. crazy. I wouldn't recommend. It's very like... Tough I, on the body, right? It's so tough on the body because you have to make weight twice. So it's like uh, you have to make weight the morning of, which I felt like shit. Then 
I fought twice that day. And you and wait around all day for your fights too. Oh, right? you wait all day, yeah. yeah. And and then you have to make weight again the next day. And then you, if you make it to the finals, and I was just like, this sucks. Oh, so after that first day of fighting, you had two fights. And then you go eat some food, and you probably go and consider cutting weight again. Yeah, like I cut weight again the next morning. Oh. Like, and I couldn't eat as much as I wanted to. Like, so I'd hydrate up, yeah. eat. But I always knew in the back of my head, like, I'm not going to be I, – I can't go too hard because i got to make weight the next day. Because in my head, I was thinking, like, I'm making it to the finals. You For know? sure. I'm at least making it to the finals. Like, that's like – I was like, I will not accept anything less than that. For sure, I'll die before I don't yeah, make it. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was bad because I remember I had, like, an like a outside of my knee – um, I think it was like my LCL, like I kind of like tweaked it. So when I would kick with my leg, mm. it would just like rattle, like the vibration would just rattle up my whole like leg and it was so painful. So I was only, I was only using my hands. Like I couldn't kick anyone. I was only uh-huh. using my hands and then clinching people and like kneeing them, uh-huh. but like couldn't kick. So I took like a weapon away from me, but like, I don't know. I just felt like, like, I think like, like I said, like MMA is MMA, but like at the end of the day, it is fighting yeah. and like, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to react. Everything's reaction in there, you know. Does that make you feel very confident heading into your first couple of MMA fights? Because you know, like, okay, if I'm in a situation where I cannot do takedowns, I can still go in there and finish people. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think it was more just the range. Like I got to feel that range um, and that distance and stuff. Like, and that was like a really big eye opener to me. And then also my semifinals match. Uh, through that tournament I got in like a huge scrap where like the guy just like had me on the ropes was like bopping my head back cracked my nose open I was just fucking bleeding all over the place and so it was good because I got to like push through some beating and like still come back and like whoop them up you know you probably learn about yourself too you know that you can like you're not the kind of person who breaks under that pressure no way like sometimes you don't know until you're in that situation exactly like it's you know it sucks but like I don't know like I think you know you got to have a lot of heart and like mental toughness to not give out. But I think that's just like, that comes with like competitiveness and like, you know, I think people are just born with that sometimes. You Absolutely. Know? You know? Yeah. But yeah, you don't want to like, sh- I don't, I feel like I'm like, that gave me the confidence of like, okay, I don't shy away from like being in too much danger. And like, I kind of like, I don't, I'm not going to say I thrive in it, but like, I know I don't curl up and when I get put in those situations. Yeah. I kind of feel like for most fighters, there's, there's like two main archetypes. There's a kind that's like an athlete. Someone is an athlete and they get into fighting, but they don't necessarily have that dog in them. Yeah. Then there's the dudes who have the fucking dog, mm-hmm. like the Justin Poirier or the Dustin Poirier and the Justin Gaethje. Yeah. They're both dogs. Like they're athletes too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But in the end of the day, like they're built to fight. Yeah. Like you see, they'll be bleeding. They'll have a broken leg. They'll have, you know, half their ear dangling off, and they're still yeah. throwing shots. Yeah. Yeah, and you just, you really don't, like, you can't teach or train that. That's just, like... They're born with it, yeah. Yeah, you're born with it. It's in you already, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's tough, because, like, a lot of times I see, you know, you'll see really good people, but then you're, like, this guy don't like to get hit. For sure. You know, and then it's, like, you can't do MMA if you don't like to get hit. Yeah, (laughs) a crack in the armor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, we're about an hour now. Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about or discuss? Um... I think I'm good. I think, you know, like I said, just looking to chase these MMA dreams. Let's you know, go, dude. That's, that's, the, that's the goal. That's all that's on my mind right now. Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? I see myself still, you know, thriving in the MMA. I think 
in two more years, I'll be a like dangerous person to be like uh, in the division. And then I think like, you know, maybe three years after that, maybe like fighting for like a world title or something. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. That's how I like have envisioned it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have like a, in your head, do you have a, a timeline or is it kind of like, you know, somewhat fight to fight? You have like an end goal in mind, but you're just kind of seeing how things naturally evolve. Yeah. I mean, I'll see how things evolve, but I definitely have like a, um, this time I'll be here, this time I'll be there. You know, I feel like in two more years I'll be doing, like, I feel like in three years you can kind of almost like reinvent yourself, you Absolutely, know, yeah. and like you can be something else as long as, you know, you don't get distracted and it's like every day you're pursuing that for three years, you could change who you are, you could change what you're doing in life. So I feel like I've made it to that three year mark and like two more years will be five years. And I think that's when I'll like in five years, that's when I was doing jujitsu. That's when I like it really started to like click. And I felt like, Oh, I can beat people that were like, like if I traveled and stuff, I felt like I could beat like really good people. So I feel like in five years with the recipe of like what I've used for jujitsu to get better, I feel like I'm doing it in MMA and I feel like it'll be a faster, uh, a faster growth. Yeah, and then so, two more years. I think I'll be a like world, like kind of like a world beater in a way, and then three more years after that, I'll be like lined up. Yeah. So what you're saying is, if anybody out there thinks you can beat Cody, yeah, now's now's your time because it's only going to get worse. Yeah, you got to do it now. (laughs) Good luck. Exactly. (laughs) For anyone who hasn't seen any of his fights, uh, I believe they're all on UFC Fight Pass. I know the last one definitely is, so I'd recommend. All of you guys going to UFC Fight Pass, watching his fights, uh, following Cody on Instagram at Cody underscore Steel BJJ. He puts uh, a lot of training footage on, footage on there. He puts uh, his fight highlights and he always has good, interesting content. You out in the, the desert of Nevada with uh, the bird. Yeah, the funky bird. <laughs> the funky bird. A lot of good content. So I'd recommend you guys follow him on there as well. And uh, Cody, thanks. We look forward to your yeah. to what's next for you. Yeah, bro. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.